Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk. Live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. It's the last shot at grabbing first place in the division. It's all on the line tonight. It's a Sherwood Ford Giant game day. That means it's Tyler, Liam, and Jay. That's not Jay. Let's get into it with the lead. <laughs> I forgot what you were going to do. And then you went ahead and did it. Yeah. There you go. It's a good way to start the show. Get some energy going. Yeah. Uh, Oilers Nation every day streaming you live from the Sports Closet Studio and live on the Oilers Nation YouTube where Pradineski is in with the first comment of the day. And he says, it's Corpuscello time. Massive game tonight. He's not playing. It's Phoenix Copley. So come up with some sort of pun that involves lighting up Phoenix Copley. Uh, As I said, off the jump, the lead today is that Jay is out. We have fired him and brought in Sean Bell, a veteran of over 500 professional hockey games, former Oiler. Sean, thanks for hopping in. Oh, thanks for having me. It's about time you got rid of Jay, though. (laughs) Yeah. um, He's just wasting time at Argyle (laughs) Arena doing nothing. He's got a giant cage on. Like That cage is probably from 1930. Like We got to update him. So give him the time off that he needs to update his game. I like style. I like that he's gone to the cage look after giving me one up high at the Jasper <laughs> tournament. He saw that and was like, eh, I don't want to run the risk. Yeah, of I don't want like to mess up my face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. We're live on the Oilers Nation YouTube. If you're watching there, hit the like button. We're also like 20 or 10, 20 subs away from 10K on the YouTube. So if you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, make sure you hammer that. Lance is in, says, Sean Bell. Wow. What an honor. I agree with you, Lance. Um, Tyler Mulek says, that is indeed not Jay. No. Tyson says Phoenix cop leak. <laughs> so instead of Phoenix Copley, Phoenix cop leak. I think that lines up as well. Uh, it's a short for giant game day here on the show today. Edmonton versus LA. And you think back to the way these two teams played a week ago. And I mean, for about a month straight, the Oilers and the over were just a perfect match. They were scoring a ton. They could not keep pucks out of their own net. And then Sean, they went into that matchup against LA and just like tightened up defensively. Played good, played stingy, got a great performance from Stuart Skinner as well. There's something about when these two teams play that I almost feel like brings the best out of the Oilers, or at least it did a week ago. Well, absolutely. I think first and foremost, like you've got the two best offensive players in the world, arguably. And then on the flip side with the Kings, you have arguably the two best defensive forwards in the game. And then you couple that with the fact that Corpus Allo is an an elite goaltender. Mm -hmm. You've got Drew Doughty. Um, There's guys all over that roster in the Kings that, you know, it's like almost the perfect foil for the Oilers and how offensive they are. So you get in that game last week, the Oilers tighten up defensively. I think you had to, because you're hoping that you score that first goal because the Kings excel at playing with the lead, right? They don't excel playing from behind, you know, the Oilers can afford to run and gun. So if you can get that first goal, 
it just works in the favor of the Oilers. These are two of the hottest teams in the NHL. And I mean, if you would have told a lot of Oilers fans that, hey, from January 1st on, the Oilers were going to be the second best team in the NHL behind only the Boston Bruins. I think a lot of people would have been like, perfect. First in the division, probably competing for first in the conference. But the issue is <laughs> the Kings in that same span are the fourth best team in the NHL. They are 24-9-4 and since the calendar flipped to 2023. It was kind of funny. Remember back early in the season, it was like, oh, Pacific Division's garbage. There's no good teams there. And then you look, I mean, Vegas had another wildly impressive win last night. LA has been red hot for the bulk of this calendar year. Same with Edmonton. This is not the weak division that some of the pundits thought it was two, three, four months ago. Absolutely not. I mean, just look at the moves that they made in the offseason. Right? There's small little tweaks yeah. to the lineup. LA gave fits to the Oilers last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, they tweaked their lineup. They get a little bit better. Vegas, all of a sudden, they got guys coming off the long term. They're back in the lineup. So you just see guys or see teams that are just improving their roster all over the place. And then you go to the trade deadline, and the East gets a massive jump on the West. Right? Yeah. They start getting all these big name pieces, great pieces, uh, complimentary pieces, so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden the West like, wait, hold my beer. And (laughs) they start just getting studs everywhere. And now you're seeing, you know, this unfold. So it's, it's a really good division. It's going to be a tough test for the Oilers tonight. And it's going to be tough to get that first place. Liam, how are you feeling heading into this hockey game? Back-to-back shutouts for the Oilers. So a nice little streak going here. Do you, do you think they can keep up this trend of keeping pucks out of their net? Uh, Yeah, I think they'll, I was kind of thinking about that. Like, how long will this go for? What are mm-hmm. our predictions? Says? So we're at 121 minutes and 21 seconds. It's a part of me that's just like, it's the Oilers. They're gonna, the Kings I are going to pot one like right away. <laughs> I think we'll get to like one. I'll say they'll score like late in the first period, I think. But I do think the Oilers will win this game. But like Sean said, it's kind of funny, isn't it? Like, I think the biggest fear for the Oilers, if they were to play the Kings in the playoffs, is Kopitar and Philip Deneau because mm-hmm. they're literally the counter opposites of what you want McDavid and Drysaddle to be. So I think the Oilers can do can do it tonight. They're on such a good streak of winning games at the moment. And when they're not winning, at least they're like competitive in them, right? Like the Vegas one was a tight game. Probably say they got goalied a little bit in the first period with Brossois there, the, some of the saves yeah. he was making. So I like the Oilers tonight. And I'm, I'm curious to see if they'll go 11 and 7 or 12 and 6. Mm-hmm. And that actually ties into what my Sherwood Ford giant key to victory is going to be tonight. And it's going to be how Jay Woodcroft can play the matchups on the road. Just looking back at the game logs from last game, Connor McDavid was on the ice for 15 minutes at five on five. He spent uh, just over four minutes of that, 416 against uh, Kopitar and 636 against Dano. So more than 66% of the time when he was on the ice, one of Dano or Kopitar were there. And that was on home ice. When you have the last change, now you go to L.A., where J- or Todd McClellan's going to have a chance to respond to how the Oilers are rolling out their lines. Like, I do think that's going to be a major thing, both tonight, if these two teams line up in a playoff series, how can Jay Woodcroft get creative to have McDavid and Drysettle get some minutes away from Deneau and Kopitar? Well, I think that's where you got to go 11 and 7, right? Because now all of a sudden that opens up a forward spot where you can maybe slide McDavid or Drysettle into that hole. They play some fourth line minutes, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and now your matchups are chasing you a little bit more again, right? Like if it's just a standard 12 and six, well, it's a lot easier to line match. But if you can have that open spot, it's you can sneak a player in there. Yeah, I've been a big fan of when they go 11 and seven and almost keep the bottom six structured and they go with just the five big guns, Kane, Hyman, Nuge, McDavid, Drysaddle. And then if you're the opposing team's head coach, you're like, OK, is one of them coming over? 
both of them potentially coming over together. I think that 11 and seven approach with the balanced bottom six, let those guys have their, you know, consistency with their line mates, be comfortable with who they're going over the boards with. And then the top six, I mean, all five of those guys are so good together. Like it doesn't matter what combo you want to throw out there. They're all dangerous in whatever order. They've been absolutely amazing. Actually, you know, the, the line that I saw that's been gelling big time is uh, Dry Saddle, Kane, and Gamo. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 They've been unbelievable together the last couple of games. So I'm curious to see if they'll put that group together. Um, if you're going to go back with McDavid and Hyman and maybe Nuge on that line, whatever it is, they're a lot to handle. And like I said before, like if you have that 11 and 7, you just you're able to sneak in dry settle McDavid one extra shift that might be the difference in the game because if you allow that little bit of space for both of those players well that's where they can capitalize Liam 11 and 7 would mean Philip Broberg draws into the lineup and up on the site right now at oilersnation.com you have a bit of a deep dive on what you're yeah. not seeing from Philip Broberg right now well it's interesting because he's a young defenseman and typically with young defensemen they probably struggle to defend a little bit more than yeah. attack but with him he's his one-on-one defending is actually pretty good, but he's not doing anything with his feet. He doesn't move with the puck. And I feel like that's what has kind of drifted away from his game a little bit recently and maybe why he isn't playing. And to put it simply, he's not doing anything to put himself in the lineup ahead of the left side, which is already so yeah. so stacked with Nurse Ekholm and, and Kulak. So I'm just kind of wondering what they're going to do with him. I feel like going to Bakersfield might just be the best thing for him because I know you've got these softer games, but he's not doing it. Maybe he'll do it a little bit um, easier opponents in Bakersfield and Ryan Murray coming back. Is that a coincidence? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of an interesting thing to, that's all kind of happening. It right almost now. feels like he's not doing anything to force his way into the lineup, but not playing like so he's, bad that he deserves he, to be taken out. He's thing. just kind of, but again, John, he gets like six minutes a game. So how hard yeah. can it be for a D man to get comfortable and start to feel like, ah, I can take some rushes up the ice here when you're playing like, three shifts a period. Yeah, it's extremely hard. Like all, mm. all you want to do when you're that defenseman is you're like, okay, hey, don't mess up, don't mess up. And then boom, you mess up. And then all of a sudden you're sitting back on the bench. So it's hard to find that juju, if you will. Right. So for him, like if you watch his game down in the minors, he's a smooth skating defenseman. He's a good puck mover. Yeah. Um, he just exudes confidence. But then up here, he's just trying to find his way. And and obviously we talked about that that left side being extremely stacked. Well, where do you find yourself in that picture if you're Philip Broberg? Because mm. you're not getting, you know, nurse minutes. You're not going to get echo minutes. Oh. And really, Kulak is a really good defensive hockey player. So, you know, for him, he's going to have, it's a little bit more tough sledding. And, and I think Holland's track record also suggests that they're just going to slow burn him. Yeah. Uh, that does seem to be the way he likes to handle these. You think back to Bouchard in that uh, bubble year, not bubble year, the all Canadian year yeah. when he just hung out on the NHL <laughs> roster and didn't play a game for like 60 days or whatever it was. It was crazy. It's the thing with Broberg, he's not really doing anything. He's not doing anything wrong. No. Like he, his game is almost just too simple to do anything wrong at the moment. I think maybe that's what's holding him back a little bit, but being in the NHL is never a bad thing for a defenseman too. Like you just mentioned, uh, it's the exact same thing they did with uh, Bouchard, right? He just mm-hmm. he hung out, but I think they feel that they can develop him because, I mean, if you watch a morning skate, he's out there for an additional hour mm-hmm. just working on his skill set. So, you know, I know that Manson does a really good job of devel- developing young defensemen, and I think they probably feel comfortable in this situation. Yeah. 
Uh, heading over to the Oilers Nation YouTube chat, we got a bunch of questions. My favorite thing is when we asked for questions early for Sean, someone just asked Liam how he's doing. So to stay in order, Liam, how are you? I'm very well today. Thank you. So. You got a new table for your fish tank. I got a new table for my fish tank. It's no longer on just a glass table, which is always, always a lamin. So I, I went out and bought a nice $15 one from Ikea last night. So. You, your girlfriend's not watching this, right? We've had a conversation about it. We're, we're past the fish tank debacle. <laughs> I had to buy three new fish the other day and I had to run it by her and be like, look, we don't do this. It's not going to go well for the fish. So the context here, Sean, is that Liam wanted fish. Girlfriend did not. <laughs> fish were dying. Liam was just going out and buying the same looking fish and sneaking them right back in. And then the other day she goes, so I bought new ones and she goes, that one looks like it lost weight. And it's like, well, he's been on a stiff workout. Plan. Yeah. yeah. Been putting him through the ringer. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, okay. Brent did have a question for Sean. He wanted to pick your brain a little bit about the impact of Ekholm and not just what he's done when he's on the ice, but the impact of him coming and a guy like Nurse's both minutes and responsibility going down. What have you seen from this blue line since Ekholm's arrived? Well, they're just, uh, they almost play in the right spots now. Ekholm has been around for a long time. He's got a very steady game. Mm -hmm. He's got an unbelievable mixture of offensive ability, nastiness, defensive positioning. Um, so he just gives everybody more confidence. And now, so instead of Nurse playing 30 minutes, he's playing 25, sometimes 20. Ekholm is playing 25, somewhere in there. So now everybody's minutes are down and you're not exhausted chasing after these top players anymore. You have, you're a little bit more fresh, which allows you to be better late in the game. So I think he's, uh, he's come in, he's allowed that to happen. He's been a massive mentor to Bouchard. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously Bouchard's game has taken off much like it was with Keith last year. Yep. Um, you know, so he's just had a, a like a resounding impact across the entire roster. Yeah, it's been unreal to see that impact on Bouchard as well. And also, like you said, offensively, that I think caught a lot of people off guard, how good he's looked in the Ozone. Liam, you mentioned that in the last game on the one goal, he was the screen in yeah. front of the net on the McDavid <laughs> goal. He also had a yeah. tip. He tipped a shot. Yeah. Too. He's yeah. like, where are you going? And <laughs> when you remember like his time in Nashville, he was always known as the defensive guy on that blue line because they had. Ryan Ellis, who was good offensively, Shea Weber, P.K. Subban, Roman Yossi. And now it feels like he comes here where he's a bit more of a big dog on this blue line. And he has a chance to like showcase his offensive stuff a little bit more. Like this is a move worked out beautifully for Ken Holland and the Oilers. But I also wonder if this won't breathe a second life into Matias Ekholm as well. Oh, absolutely. He's always been that lost guy, right? Like, but even back then, I think, wasn't he paired with Subban? Yeah. For which helped give them a little bit more structure. So when they went on their run, in Nashville, like Ekholm and Subban played massive minutes, which allowed Yossi to move into a different role where he could be way more offensive. So, you know, Ekholm's always been that really good defenseman. He's come here, and I just think he's actually stepped his game up even more. Um, you know, you, you think about some of the different reasons and why, but I, I just go back to when he first got here, how excited he was to be a part of this this franchise and one of the things that he mentioned which is very rare for a lot of players is that well a it's a hockey market b it's canada and his wife likes the cold yeah <laughs> so now all of a sudden you're like this is a perfect situation right like you've got elite a talent uh, up front you've got a perfect scenario for him to move into where he's you know is he a number one is he number two doesn't really matter but he's just got into a perfect spot and his game has just flourished 
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mason is listening from Regina and called you Regina Pats legend, Sean Bell. So <laughs> yeah, for my five games yeah. that I was there before I got traded at the Mem Cup. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, squishy. I think CC is very conservative in his approach to the game. They need to play around it. They want him to run the puck up or be way up for a pass. He's not there. Yeah. I mean, Cody CC's bought it for a little bit. I think in the first kind of four or five weeks of the season, I liked what Cody CC was bringing, but I think that was even, he's a guy who will indirectly benefit from the Ekholm thing as well, like that, you mentioned it. Nurse and CeCe not having to chase around the other team's best guys the entire night will just free up so many other parts of their game. Like the blue line, it's so funny to see how one piece can impact so many different areas, but that one piece in Ekholm really does give them maybe not a legit top pair, maybe not anything like that, but a top four that you can rely on in different scenarios. Absolutely. Like Cody CeCe, when, before he came to Edmonton, he was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And this is actually the exact same spot he played there and which made him such a appealing free agent uh, target. So he's gone down to like the number four defenseman. You can argue whether he's three, but he's in a great spot because now his minutes are being sheltered a little bit more. Um, and then his game thrives. He's just a simple steady stay-at-home guy like he's not flashy but there's little things in his game that he does really well and he makes it tough for opposing players to get around him and he just compliments nurse yeah uh liam you'll like this one from maynard he has a Raphael catfish i don't even know what that is but he says it's 22 years old it's outlasted three relationships including a marriage <laughs> well i hope i hope my relationship outlasts my fish lives but We'll see. We'll see. Two years old. That is a question. What kind of fish are you buying? They are, um, what are they called? They're like tetras, like glow tetras or something. Okay. They're pretty cool. They glow in the dark. Nice. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Aaron, should we get to our lineup report today? Brought to you by our friends at Sherwood Ford, the giant digging into how the Oilers could be lining up. I haven't seen any notes from the skate yet today um yeah there's been nothing today uh but here is how they could look Connor mcdavid with ryan nugent hopkins and zach hyman dry kane and yamamoto sean you mentioned that trio as one that stood out to you the last time they played the la kings those three were on the ice together for 10 minutes and 55 seconds at five on five outshot the Kings seven to four outscored them one to nothing as well to give up only four shots and over 1055 on the ice is a pretty solid metric uh Nick Bukestad with Matthias Yanmark and Warren Fogel Devin Shore with Derek Ryan and Clem Costin uh Mikey Anderson for the Kings still out from the hit from Connor McDavid I again the idea of going 11 and 7 is good if that is the case I would take out Shore before I take out Costin because I might be worried about the Kings running around a little bit in this hockey game yeah, they might run around, but I think these points are too valuable to, to do that. I mean, you know, we had this talk the other day on uh, on my show, um, Hello Hockey, where it's like everybody's so mad at McDavid for taking that penalty or for taking that penalty and making that play. But I'm like, there's nothing there, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you go back in time and you see some of the different hits, I mean, McDavid's been hit from behind. There's no yeah. calls, blah, blah, blah. I just don't think the NHL at this point is a retribution league anymore, right? So 
Will they, could they get them back in their own way? Yeah, maybe, but we're at a point right now where these points are extremely valuable. The last thing the Kings want is to have to come to Edmonton first because you know how crazy this place is going to be. Yeah. When these, like, these guys are going to be feeling it. McDavid starts going, Drysdale starts going, everybody starts going. Like, that's not what you want if you're the Kings. So you want to try to get your two points. You want retribution? Deal next year. Fair enough. Uh, the blue line for the Oilers expected to be largely the same as it's been since the deadline. Nurse, CeCe, Ekholm, Bouchard, Kulak, and DeHarnay. Maybe a chance we see Broberg if Woodcroft opts to go 11-7. and seven. For the LA Kings, the top line, the same as the top line against the Oilers a week ago. It's Kopitar with Byfield and Kempe. Philip Deneau with Victor Arvidsson and Trevor Moore. Blake Lazat with Arthur Kaliev and Alex Iafalo. Rasmus Kapari with Zach McEwen and Carl Grundstrom. The Kings offense slowing down just a hair in their last five games. They've only scored six times at five on five. You compare that to the Oilers in their last five games, 13 goals at five on five. So Kings offense drying up a little bit. They certainly miss a guy like Kevin Fiala, who uh, did not skate today. So it doesn't sound like Fiala is going to be making his return to the lineup. On the blue line, they're missing some bodies as well. We mentioned Mikey Anderson. He is out. So that means Gavrikov plays with Doughty. Dursey plays with Matt Roy and Alex Edler plays with Sean Walker. This is, I mean, you talk about the two defensive centers down the middle with Kopitar and Deneau, and then this blue line kind of having a pain in the ass on every pairing. That's how they're going to stop this Oilers team is just by rolling out these quality six D men and doing it that way. Absolutely. They are, uh, they're tough to go through. Their structure is very tight. So when you're in their D zone, mm-hmm. trying to find any glimmer of hope or get to the net, like, you got to work through layers and layers of players. And actually one adjustment that the Oilers made is they started stretching out their offensive zone. So they had a guy behind the net, a guy in the corner, and then they had their F3. He was either high or he would jump down to the net. And then they started going low to high, which makes your defensive coverage stretch out. And that's actually how they started to attack. They started beating guys off the wall one-on-one, which helped them in the offensive zone. And that's where they started to roll. That's the kind of insight Jay wasn't bringing us. <laughs> uh, the Kings going with uh, Phoenix Copley tonight between the pipes and the Oilers. I would imagine it's going to be a Stuart Skinner start tonight, even though Jack Campbell's coming off that 36 save shutout. I bet you they go back with Stu. Here's the goaltending for the LA Kings as of late. It really hasn't mattered who's been between the pipes. Copley 5-0-1 in his last six games, 2.14 and a 9-12. I mean, Jonas Corposalo looking like he could win the Vesna with these kind of numbers as well. He has been absolutely lights out since joining the LA Kings. That's going to be another big thing as well. When you look at this goaltending and you compare it to the goaltending Vegas has been getting as of late, goaltending Seattle's gotten all year. This is why LA would be my most feared first round opponent for the Oilers. Well, yeah, you couple that with the defense and Mm -hmm. look out. I mean, these guys, both these goaltenders right here, like they have the ability to steal a game. Um, I'm kind of shocked that Corpus Allo is not going to play today uh, just with yeah. the magnitude of the game. But I mean, really, you look at Copley's number and, and they're more or less the same. So um going to be really interesting to see what happens. But, you know, these, this goaltending tandem is fantastic. You talked about Vegas, their 10 or 15 goaltenders that they have. They've all been unbelievable, which is yeah. a rarity. Um, So you've just got a, def- a division with a lot of good goaltenders. And it's going to be hard to to make it out, and it's going to be hard to score goals. Period. Yeah, I got a question for you, Sean. When you have a goaltender like Jack Campbell, and you're a defenseman, how 
Do you think the Oilers play like it's a mentality to play different in front of a goaltender that struggles, or like how do you how do players kind of handle that? Well, I think it's it, it's twofold. Like you're hoping he can make that save, and if mm-hmm. he doesn't make the save and it goes in, you're like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. And sometimes it happens, but everything that you've seen from the Oilers, it's been all pretty positive. They they still believe in him, yep. but you know, there's teams that I've played on that's kind of the oh, here we go again. But at the same time, you know that this guy's come here. He's been a free agent target that you wanted. And so you believe that he's got that skill set to do what he did. And and was it that shut out a shock? Not really, because the others, their defensive zone is better. Yeah. So now they're limiting the amount of chances. I mean, like if you look a month ago, maybe even not even a month ago, a week ago, the amount of times that players were slipping in behind the Oilers D because players were just hoping that they would get that turnover. Well, now you're leaving a guy wide open, but like, so what do you really want? Like, yeah. you know, he's going to make the save. Yes. But at the same time, I believe it was one goal. It might've been on Skinner where guy has a puck. He gets shot. He has a rebound, makes a move scores. And by the time he scored, like guys were just starting to come back into the picture. So, yeah. you know, some of the goals, hundred percent are on Campbell. Some of the goals you're like, eh, these are probably more of a situation. Like the others just aren't there defensively mm-hmm. and they have been lately yeah now all of a sudden you got back-to-back shuttles yeah it's an, it's just interesting because you, it's true you look at a lot of the goals the others do allow like granted like obviously some of them are the goaltender's fault but you look at the vegas one people were questioning Stuart skinner because they allowed four but the first two were clear turnovers by the oilers which led to just really good scoring chances so they they've been bailed out by their goalies enough times this season that they Probably be a little better in front of him sometimes too. Yeah, like generally speaking, don't leave guys wide open in front of the net. Like <laughs> yeah. in the NHL, these are the best <laughs> players in the world. And if you yeah. leave a guy wide yeah. open, like they actually practice this stuff in practice. It's called Juice Boy, and guys love it. So you leave that situation wide open, and he has the ability to get the rebound. Well, it might end up in <laughs> yeah. the back of your net. Sorry. Can we explain Juice Boy a little bit more? Juice Boy basically is a game. It's like a shootout where you have you're at the hash marks. Uh, first round, you have two pucks. You have the ability to shoot the first one, and then the second puck you have to you can shoot or deke. And the guy that finishes last has to get everybody in the locker room or everybody that played juice. Okay. So you know you can turn it into like brick boy. So back when I was in Tri City, we had to wear brick in our head, um, <laughs> which was kind of funny. I had that one time, so I wore brick the entire practice. But yeah, it's just a it's just a fun game. But it's also you know here's like some in tight hands and in different yeah. situations. So uh, it's something that they definitely play at, at all levels. Cool. Uh, Sean Bell hopping in for the show today. His appearance brought to you by our friends at Star Mechanical. You can find them online, starmechanical.ca, the number one plumbing and heating company in Edmonton. And if you need 24-7 emergency service, boom, they got you. 780-481-8873. Sean, you have a new show, Hello Hockey with Tom Gazzola, every Saturday on TSN 1260, 9 a.m. until 11. Your first episode was this last Saturday. You guys had Carrie Price on (laughs) for a quick chat. What was that like? Yeah, Pricey, uh, we played together in Tri-City. We played together in Montreal. Um, we've stayed in touch um, the last couple of years in particular. Uh, it was good. It was, uh, you know, it's tough to to see guys that have, they don't get to leave on their terms. Mm-hmm. Um, his injury, his body hasn't held up. And uh, that's part of the reason why he's retired, similar to what happened with me. Yeah. Um, so it's just tough to kind of relive that. But I mean, it's it's great to see him or great to talk to him. Great to hear that his family's doing well. 
Um, and just got her clothing line going with Petrie's wife. So yeah. like he's doing well, uh, relatively speaking. Um, but yeah, it was, it was nice to have him on. Yeah, it was a really good chat. If you want to find out more at hello, hockey show is where you can find them on Twitter. You can find the podcast form in there. Uh, what's coming up this Saturday on the show. Do you know? Yeah. I can't tell you yet. Oh, that's, I got that's a good. secret guest in mind. And if I can get them, I don't want to say it's bigger than price, but it might be bigger than price. All right. I like wow. that tease uh, at Hello Hockey Show on Twitter is where you can find it. 9 till 11 on TSN 1260 every Saturday. And yeah, there's a little uh, look at the Carey Price chat that they had last Saturday on the show. A little bit of a like bigger picture. We've obviously drilled in on the Oilers. It's the Sherwood Ford Giant game day. But bigger picture around the NHL. Scoring is up again this year, and it's something it's been trending in this direction for a while. And we got a board here, so our so our uh, oh maybe maybe we have a board here. Huh? Well, that's just <laughs> the one I put the wrong dates on. Ah, so he's just got a son of a it. gun. This is like when we said Leon Drysdale had seventy five <laughs> yeah. goals last show. I told you I can't copy and paste anymore. I have to put stuff in manually. It's just not working. For it's me. really messing with our whole show. Uh, but scoring is up again this year, and obviously you're a guy who's been around the sport a long time, from coaching to playing. Is there anything you're seeing, a trend you're seeing league-wide that's leading to more offensive chances? Or is it as simple as we had a run where it seemed like goalies had the advantage and now it's just the natural turn of, well, players have adjusted to what goalies have adjusted to and that kind of domino effect. Well, you look back, let's rewind all the way to the Devils win was at 96. Yep. That was like the height, well, the start of the clutching grab era, mm-hmm. which lasted basically until I left Minnesota, which would have been probably 2006. Um, so obviously those teams were all just heavy, heavy trap. And then you kind of move in away from to, uh, 06 to, uh, let's say 2012, where it was starting to get a little bit more goals. Like it was... You guys were there was a lot of defense. Goaltenders were unbelievable. Um, some of the guys in the game, Flower, Pricey, Holtby, like all these guys were just elite goaltenders. And now you're into this portion of hockey where it's just so <clears throat> it's so skewed on the offensive side. Like you can't cut clutch and grab. Yeah. You can't, you know, pick a guy for your defenseman so he can break out the puck easier. Um icing. You know, on a face off or whatever, it comes right back to you. You can't change all the different rules, aspects of the game have been skewed to the offensive side. So you see that those numbers are going to start to climb. And then while that whole thing has been going on at the younger ages, everybody has become way more skilled. And so now you're starting to see guys that are coming to the NHL. They make impacts at 18, 19, 20, and not just like, here's my standard 25 points. Like, yeah. You got guys that are in the 70, 80 point range. And so now that's what you're seeing. You're just seeing guys that are ultra skilled and they're just putting pucks in the net. Like how many times are we, did we used to see in Michigan, but now if you turn on the TV, you see it every other day. So it's just, I, I think there's a lot of different factors that play into it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's partly because of how skilled these kids are that are coming into the NHL. I, Aaron, if we could flash this up again, I like that you brought up the skill of this next generation because I think that's reflected in what you see in the power play percentage going up each of the last three seasons here. Like now it's at the point where there is so much talent. You give a five man unit in the NHL that little bit of an advantage of a five on four and boom, like it's being converted at a way higher rate. Yeah. Like you never used to see what are the others are at like 32%, 35%. Like this is historic numbers. And well, you've got 
arguably the two best players in the world playing on the power play with one less guy. Like these guys dominate at five on five. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to remove a player like, oh my heavens, like, of course they're going to start scoring more goals, right? And then, okay, well, look at some of the different players that are coming to the league. You got your... Caulfields, he had what 20 goals a couple seasons ago. Yeah. Uh, you got Zegris, who's pulling off Michigan's left, right, and center. Like, it's just it, it's ultra skilled, it's fast. Actually, I was listening to um Spitting Chicklets the other day, and Ryan Whitney was talking about it. And he's like, This isn't my NHL when I played, and he was joking about it. And he's like, Well, guys are fatter, <laughs> <laughs> or, or like guys used to be fat and they used to drink more, but these guys are all shredded, and but. They're just way faster than guys used to be. And guys are way more skilled. And, and this is just honestly the trend that you're seeing. Interesting. I just looked up the uh, best power play seasons since the turn of the century in 2000, 2001. And the best individual season power plays for teams. You have the Oilers this year, the Oilers in 1920, the Bolts in 2018, 19, the Oilers in 2020, 21, and then the Leafs last season as well. Like in the last 23 years of the NHL, the five best power play percentages in a season are all in the last handful of years here. And the Oilers on pace to be the only team this century to finish with a power play percentage north of 30% as well. If you were someone who was like a regular penalty killer on a team and you saw the Oilers on the schedule, you probably wouldn't sleep very good the night before. I would have the flu. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be gone. No, I'm not hurting my percentages here. I don't even want to play because you're going to torch me five on five. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm happy that I'm now out of the, out of the game because I don't have to deal with these guys. Like it's uh, it, it's honestly it's so impressive. Um, Drysaddle came into the league as a passer. Everybody had him as a passer. Now this guy scored three fifty goal seasons, and then you look at McDavid and you're like, okay, he's a generational talent, but he's probably more of a passer too. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm just gonna go put up sixty two goals. Like Ovechkin, who we all talk about in the in the light of this is the best overall goal scorer of his time. And what was the most that he's ever had? And now you got McDavid saying, ah, I'm just going to tease 70. Oh, okay. That's crazy. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just because Drysett will have that talk with him, you know, at the end of the season, be like, I think you can score, score 60. Yeah, you're right. I think I can too. You're 70. Like, it's just, it's phenomenal what these guys can do. And it's all across the league. Yeah. It's you mentioned guys like Caulfield and Zegers like that's just going to be the norm going forward is these guys not like those were first overall picks, but they come in. They got all this skill and you give them that little bit of extra space. Can you pull up uh, Austin Matthews numbers? Because we had this come up on the show the other day. They're like, can can Austin Matthews recover from his bad season? And I was like, bad season. I'm like, doesn't he have like 30 some goals, 37 goals in 69 games? There you go. That's his bad season. Yeah, that's a great point. I wasn't sure where you were going, but like, yeah, he's having a down year and he's going to hit 40. He's going to hit 40. So it's crazy. if that's what we're talking about with some of these players, like you're just at a, you're at a different level and no wonder the goals are. 29 players are 35 plus in the yeah. goal column this year, including Ryan Nugent Hopkins as crazy. well. Like, I mean, what a turnaround or career year, I should say this has been for the Nuge as well, who seems to just be like, oh yeah, I can shoot the puck and be a finisher too. Like the guy, 29 years old. Decided to flip the switch and be like, yeah, I'll reinvent myself the same way Dry Settle and McDavid did. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's been really impressive because, you know, for him, he's been used on the wing. He's been used as a shutdown guy. He's been kind of all over the lineup. And he's obviously played in the decade of darkness and he's been through it all. And now all of a sudden he's coming to a, uh, a team, a year where he is now, you're going to be a left winger. You're going to stay there. 
and he's comfortable there. Like he doesn't have to worry about going up against the Kopitars of the world and battling against them and trying to shut them down. Like let McDavid dry settle, do that stuff. I'm going to wait, get a puck from them. And then I've improved my shot. So now yeah. you see the hundred points or hopefully a hundred points. Yeah. Uh, tonight, 8.30 puck drop between the Oilers and Kings. So make sure you have a coffee with your dinner tonight. A couple of other games on the AMA Travel Out of Town scoreboard we're going to be keeping an eye on tonight. Vegas is in Nashville. Second of back-to-backs. Vegas starting Jonathan Quick in this one. Nashville trying to keep their playoff hopes alive. I mean, Vegas ran through Minnesota with back-to-back victories. That was a frustrating one for Oilers fans. Uh, Chicago is in Calgary tonight as well. And the Kraken are in Vancouver. But the big game for the Oilers is obviously that one against the Nashville Predators with the win last night. Vegas is now three up on their sorry, four up on the Edmonton Oilers. Same number of games played. Edmonton one back of LA, same number of game played games played. By this time tomorrow, we are going to have a much better idea of how this Oilers team or where this Oilers team will finish in the standings. This is a big kind of, I mean in 12 hours we'll have a good idea, but this is a big stretch here for the Oilers and a big, big night. Yeah, it's a massive game. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's it's one of those games that's going to flip your entire season or hopefully because yeah. if you look at the different schedules between all those teams, between Vegas and L.A. and Seattle, um, I think the Oilers have probably the easiest schedule, save for the fact that they got to play Colorado. But if you can get through this game with a victory, you've got Anaheim, you've got San Jose twice, you know, you're looking at six points if you play your best game, because yep. I mean, San Jose has been they've won three pesky. in a row somehow. Yeah, and they've they've been very pesky. So, you know, you've got to play your best hockey, but these are games that you should win. Mm-hmm. And so now, all of a sudden, if you can get pull this victory off, you've got eight points, and you're probably looking at either being first place or for sure home ice. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our bets for today. Brought to you by our friends at Betway. Nineteen plus. Please play responsibly. Aaron, hit the button. Thank you. Oilers are favorites minus 138 on the money line. LA plus 120 dogs. The over under tonight set at six and a half. Our game day big bets challenge where we have put Sean's face <laughs> onto Jay's slot on the board, which just makes a ton of sense. Uh, Liam, you're going with Leon Dreisaitl to find the back of the net tonight. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they keep giving plus money on this guy to score a goal is just amazing to me to be honest so i'll take that one especially when mcdavid's like minus 120 or something so fair enough i'll take the 105 i don't mind the under tonight just because it was two nothing last time these two teams played but i'm going on nurse and kane to each get three plus shots on goal paying a nice 200 and jay did submit his pick for the game day big bets challenge he's taking the oilers money line and over five and a half at two and a half to one uh over under tonight which one do you like i'll go with the over i'm gonna say four two oilers I like that. 4-2, maybe. Hey, Liam, empty net goal, power play goal, maybe one of those it's, nights. It's in, the, it's in the works. Plus 270 tonight. You never know. Plus 270, courtesy of our friends at Betway 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Almost 300 of you live right now on the YouTube. Only 90 likes. Hammer the like button before the end of the show. Let's see if we can get that up to triple digits here. Uh, Sean, this was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for hopping in. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is uh, always a pleasure. Fun time with you guys. If you want to interact with Sean, Belzy7, also the Hello Hockey Show, 9 until 11 every Saturday on TSN 1260. 8.30 puck drop tonight between the Oilers and the LA Kings. Big shout out to Short Ford the Giant for another Short Ford Giant game day. Our friends at Star Mechanical as well. Find them online, starmechanical.ca, AMA Travel, and Betway. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I mean, hopefully to nap in after work. 8.30 puck drop after dark here on the Oilers Nation YouTube after. We'll be back tomorrow at Noon Mountain. Chat with you then.
Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.